For Newcastle fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. Never miss a thing with the latest Newcastle news, gossip and social stories as they break. Download the free Toon Army app now from the App Store and Google Play. I went to bleed and resist was on the 9th of June 1862 on a summer's afternoon I took the bus for Bamberg's and she was heavy laden Away we went to land Collinwood Street that's on the road to bleeding Oh land, you should have seen us getting Passing the boats along the road just to they were getting There were lots of lads and lassies there I was finding faces getting along the Scotswood Road To see the bleeding races Hello and welcome to CHN Radio. This is your Crystal Palace recap episode. I am your host, Greg Troxell, and bringing you the super hot fire of what will probably be a very boring podcast. Uh, the best damn co-host in the land, Elijah Newsom. Yes, and I did notice that Greg didn't plug his Twitter. Um, I did. So, uh, one, happy belated birthday, Greg. Um, Greg turned 21 uh, this past weekend, so he's now finally able to drink. Um, he's probably drinking right now because he's he just turned 21 and it's illegal for him to drink. So, shout out to you, Greg. Um, you can follow him on Twitter, NUFC underscore Greg. Follow me at Elijah underscore Newsome. I guess you can follow at CHN underscore radio and at coming up in UFC for all the hottest Newcastle takes, the best news, the best polls, the best tweets, the funniest stuff, the best memes, the coolest gifts, the gifs, all of the things. Follow those accounts and you won't wait. Follow those accounts and you'll be pleased. Very, very, extremely pleased. Yeah. 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 Um, yes. Elijah, that match kind of sucked, didn't it? Yeah, um, and I, I was watching with a Palace fan, and uh, they were at the bar in Atlanta. So I was watching with a lot of Newcastle fans and a Palace fan, and then a very, like, um, I would say unaware Arsenal fan who tried to convince me that Newcastle could get a European spot if they continued to play as if – if they continued to play like they had been playing. And I was like – I don't think you've been watching Newcastle because no, that is not true. Yeah, um, but yeah, but I mean, at least for the Palace fans, they also thought this game sucked. Yeah, well, it was actually, I'll, I'll give up a stat early on this one, but it was the second match this season in which Newcastle had more possession. Oh. Uh, they are 0-2 in those games. <laughs> Lost both. Oh, um, that's good for us. <laughs> that's not good. Steve Bruce's mags. Yeah. So let's talk about this this thing. First thing we'll do is take your three-word submissions and talk about how you thought this match went in three words. Spoiler, not good. Uh, starting with Trevor Mooney at Trevor Mooney 12. Brucey is shite. Tune 1892 at 12th Man Tune. Bruce Shit Show, Toon Army Portland at Toon Army PDX. Get Ashley out trending. Ashley out's one word there, so we, we had the three. 
Ohio Tune at Ohio Tune. Flaming Hot Trash. Matt underscore ST13 at Wichita J Straw. Going down hard. NUFC Life at NUFC Life 1. I give up. Joe Terry at Joseph underscore Terry. God bless Dubrovka. Doc Gibbs at Doc underscore Gibbs underscore NUFC. Ashley, get out. And Aiden Williams at YAD underscore Williams. Down and out. Elijah, your thoughts on these wonderful three words that were submitted by um, the greatest people on earth. I think I, – honestly, I think there was a – this was bound to happen. Um, like a, a match like this, I think um, like there's been it, whether it's the play of Joel Linton or the the tactics employed by Steve Bruce or just um, just seeing that there are talented players but they're being used incorrectly or whatever the case may be or just the fact we don't have a I mean Dwight Gale shouts him made an appearance um, we we waited we didn't buy a backup striker blah blah. blah is all kind of now coming back to the get Ashley out of our club, Ashley out. And I think this, this past match, I saw more about Mike Ashley than the match itself. And to be fair, like there wasn't a lot to talk about the match. There's nothing new. I mean, um, Jolinton was largely ineffective, whether or not you want to blame that on the tactics or blame that on the player is up to you. I mean, I think obviously like every week he was, very helpful in doing, you know, everything but scoring goals. Like he was fine in the midfield. He was making clearances. Obviously, um, you know, one of our best defenders on set pieces because our center backs can't do that. Um, so just a lot of clearances, all that kind of stuff. The attack as a whole wasn't great. I mean, the midfield looked terrible. Things that we we already knew. So there was nothing new to take away from this match. Um, yeah. But I mean, when there's nothing new, you kind of revert back to what you complained about and what has been the uniting factor for uh, the premier for Newcastle fans for the past few seasons, and it's getting Ashley out of our club. And you can pretty much trace because he's the owner any negative thoughts you have towards Newcastle, towards like to Mike Ashley. And like I think the past few weeks on Newcastle Twitter, there's been like a debate as to what the issue is. Is it? Steve Bruce is it Joel Linton is it both is it the attack is it the the players we brought in is it because we didn't bring in a striker it but then I think everyone had this aha moment of like oh wait why are we all arguing over why Newcastle are not performing like they should when we all know the right answer and the answer is Mike Ashley it can all be traced back to Mike Ashley mm. Mm -mm -mm. so let's talk about it mm. uh first thing that popped up is the lineups, and I'll read those out. Uh, our starting lineup was Dubrovka, Cher, Lascelles, uh, Fernandez, Lazaro, Bentaleb, Sean Longstaff, Rose, Almiron, St. Maximin, and Jolinton. And the subs were Darlow, Yedlin, Lejeune, Richie, Hayden, Maddie Longstaff, and Dwight Gale. What's your thoughts there? I mean, it's a, it's a strong long, it's a strong lineup. Uh, Dwight Gale being on the bench was something I honestly didn't even notice until he got subbed in. Um, it's it's a strong lineup. I mean, it was kind of what I expected to see, um, especially with Karen Clark getting injured. Thought Fabian Shear would be the one to kind of slip right in and fill that void. Um, I mean, 
I was I think I was a little surprised to see Valentino Lazaro after he publicly admitted he's not being a, he, him not being a wing back play wing back and I think I I mean, we can get to this at when we get to match events but I think the end of the game um I think I'm I think it was a a message sent by Valentino Lazaro I think maybe you can argue he's helping the team and I think that's part of it as well I mean I guess it kind of helps the goal differential but I also think it was kind of sending a message as well. Um, but anyway, yeah, I think those were the only kind of comments I had on it. Nothing to write home about. Um, yeah. Yeah, my, my, I was a little surprised at Bentaleb and Longstaff coming in again after how that much that didn't work against Arsenal, but especially with, like, we had other players there. Uh, yeah, we have so, depth at that position. Yeah, so I that's my only – point and just thought it was a big game for Jolinton since Dwight Gale's coming back he's like getting healthy uh, he needed to get something uh, and the match started so Cher was the left center back Fernandez was the right center back um, of the three and then Jolinton up top St. Max on the left Almiron on the right usual formation everything's pretty standard for this one uh, so the mat- match went into it and got pretty open in the beginning, which typically it usually is. And Dubrovka made his first of many big saves right before the 10 minute mark. Uh, it was, uh, it was Cahill. He rose the highest and tried to head the ball across goal and into the far corner. But Dubrovka, like, I don't even know how he got to this ball, but it was, should have easily been one, nothing crystal palace in the seventh minute. And Dubrovka made, an insane save. One of the best saves of the season for sure. Uh, I mean, he made multiple saves this match that yeah. were <laughs> like save of the season candidates. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> uh, 15 minutes in, I mentioned that we had more possession than them. It's, that's something to note because it doesn't happen. Uh, an even better save, I guess, from Dubrovka in the 16th minute. It was a corner... Worked in for Palace again. Uh, someone, I don't remember who, rose to the front post ahead of Jolinton. And Dubrovka flung to the right and tipped it wide for another corner. So another great play by him. And then the first half kind of just went to like big misses by like Van Anholt was playing great, by the way. But Ben Teke, like. What the heck? like he was dude had like three goals in the first half. He was one of those guys. I, I tweeted this out. I think I think Benteke being so bad is just like distracting from like anything like Joel Linton could have the worst possible game ever and Benteke was just that much worse. <laughs> like that the one where they had the set piece and he was like on an island by himself, three yards out. Dubrovka's yeah. on the other side of the goal and he headed it wide. Like not even like not even one of those headers that like just glances wide. Like it looked like he was passing it with his head to someone like to the ball boy. Like it was, it was bad. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty, pretty terrible by him. The best player I think in the first half was IU. Um, well, outside of Tubrovka. And then. Oh, there was also Jolinton had that chance in the first. Uh, tell us about it. Um, it was, I want to say it was off a counter. Um, and also our front three, I alluded to this the last time I was on the podcast. They just do not, 
they're they're starting to get frustrated, I'm imagining, and they're not really playing together. I mean, it played a little better today, um, just in link up play, but just like the final balls are just always either late or the runs in the box are early. And and like I'll say this about Jolenton's play is that he was crashing the box at times, like more than he had been in the past and putting himself in the right position, but the balls were either not coming to him or just, just bad. Or there was a moment where this is in the second half. I know for sure. There's a moment where Joe Linton made his striker run to the box and literally was shielded away from the ball as a result of Fabian Cher making the same exact run. And it's like, why, why does this happen? But anyway, Joe Linton's chance, he was like a one-on-one and it was a curled in effort um, with his left foot, I want to say. And it was like top, top left hand corner. And it was kind of just safe. Like it was actually like Newcastle. It was Newcastle's only shot on target of the whole first half. So Yikes. shout out to Joel Linton. Or as you know, we effectively we affectionately know him know him as Joe Linton. Know him as probably shouldn't be playing much longer. Oh. Well, there, there's uh, well, since we're on it, there was a nice article in The Athletic by Chris Wolf called "What yeah. Does Jolinton Do?" And he literally followed Jolinton's movements for the entire game, like even even like warmups, what he did like right at halftime, what he did coming out from halftime. He touched the ball two times in the box in the entire game. Yeah, but like I said, he was in the box. I saw him there multiple times. I tweeted about it every time. And I, it was at least four tweets. So he was in the box. He had 48 total touchdown t- touchdowns. Touches. Two were inside the box. And his average field position was pretty much at the center circle. But that, that doesn't say a lot considering how far back we play. But uh, he, had, he had 79 total touches in the box all season with only 41 shots and only eight on target. Well, you know, one thousand nine hundred forty-six minutes since his last goal. His on-target, wait, his on-target to goal ratio is really good though, because he's got one goal for eight shots on target. So that's I really mean, good. Mo- most of our team has better than that, though. No, that's no, that's no. Well, yeah. I well, I guess. Well, I don't know how many – honestly, I don't know how many – like, I, I would lead to – I would want to agree with you because of how many defenders have scored. But I also know that our defenders also take a lot of dumbass shots. Um, you said the key thing to this for me was – Oh, you're on target. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> that's fair. Um, so, going, going back into the match, uh, there was a little switch. Jolinton was moved to the left and St. Maximin – was put up as striker. Uh, that didn't work. It was changed pretty quickly, like maybe five, six minutes total of that. And then uh, then pretty much it was just like – you saw this more in the second half, but it was just more like, hey, St. Gucci, hey, Amran, just go wherever you want. Just run around. That was annoying to me to watch. So then it happened, the goal. Van Anhalt, he's a, he was a beast in this one. Uh, it was free kick given away by Cher. He stepped up, curled it into the left-hand corner. Uh, 
from the right-hand side of the box. one nothing. Crystal Palace. Elijah, your thoughts? It was, I mean, it was a great goal. <laughs> yeah. He's good. So he's, he's pretty good at stuff. Uh, and that's a half. So oh, that was just a half. Old. Yeah, that was. Yeah, the goal was in the forty-second minute. Oh wow, I forgot about it. that. Was crazy. Yeah, it's funny we led in possession, but we deservedly trailed that one. Um, and then I mean, if we did, if we had an an average Premier League goalkeeper, we're losing three to nothing in the first half, right? Can we agree on that? Uh, yeah. Yeah, because we didn't have a single chance that uh, was going to be a goal. Um, so, second half started, and it was St. Maximin playing through the middle, Jolinton kind of on the left, but also up top. And the Namron was, like, everywhere. And they're all, like, switching, which is just not, like, that's not going to help you get goals. I don't think I don't know. I don't have well, in, in your opinion experience coaching as Steve Bruce, obviously, but uh I can't imagine that's working very well. So yes, in my opinion, you're correct. Uh pretty much right after the second second half started, Chris Carlos should have gone up two nothing here. Uh Zaha played Van and Van I can't say his name sometimes, Van Anholt. Um on the left hand side and he he hits a low ball that finds IU and he takes a touch and then fires it into the side netting. If, if he would have just connected, maybe that would have gone in. Um, and then it was just a kind of crystal palace dominating and us just lily gagging with the ball. Um, I noted the fans started chanting attack, 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 <laughs> which is funny. And that's, Pretty much it, besides until we get to the subs. Do you have anything to this point yet? Oh, no, not really. I mean, yeah, there's nothing of note. Uh, Gail's – well, the first sub was Gail and Richie came on for Almiron and Rose. Um, and then that one put Jolinton to the right with St. Saint, Saint on the left and Gail up top. Uh, Richie was a left wing back. And then – Dubrovka saved us again. Zaha pretty much just walks past Fernandez. He played it to IU, and uh, he it's a low shot, and Dubrovka was able to parry it wide. IU had all the time in the world. He could have, like, waited. He could have mm. grabbed a chair and sat down on that one, but great play by Dubrovka to make a save. And then Cher got hurt. I don't know. I don't really have anything else here. Oh, oh, yeah, I do. Lazaro got a red card. I, I just forgot about that. I, I alluded to it earlier. I was like, <laughs> is he going to mention the thing I alluded to? <laughs> yeah, so Lazaro, uh, I mean, he started walking to the locker room before he even the ref even got to him. Dude, he was taking but, off the wristbands. It was yeah, funny. he was like, he just took one for the team, I guess. Uh, but it would have been 2 nothing. Lazaro just drug... Zaha down and just walked right off the pitch. <laughs> uh, so that's what you meant by statement. I didn't even make that connection. Sorry. Yeah, I mean, it was I. It, you have more it chemistry was, than that. <laughs> yeah, uh, it was it was interesting because like I do think there was an element of him like definitely taking one for the team, but I mean, there's also like a 
he specifically he does not want to play wing back. Like I feel like that is something that he's made clear. I mean, it's one of the reasons he left Inter was like he wasn't right getting point. any play time at the position he wanted to play at. And, and then you're right because players just don't make those comments either after games. Oh yeah, no, they don't. It's I mean, and like to be fair, he got exposed with Ar- at Arsenal, but like he got exposed because the position he doesn't play. And I'm it is. It is so annoying because this is – I mean, I wish more people would would do research. I mean, honestly, just listen to the podcast because there's a lot of people slagging Valentino Lazaro because they were so excited to get another wing back to replace DeAndre Yedlin or Javi Mankio. And we said on this podcast, we, taught, we, we went through <laughs> the numbers about how he is a winger and that how we were, like, excited for the prospect of having another winger off the bench. We want to yep. switch up formations and have Almiron or ASM play centrally. And we were excited yep. about that. And we were like, last case scenario, like if Yedlin or Mankiw get injured, sure, Lazaro can play wing back. But the guy has literally like 120 appearances as a right mid or a right winger. He is a right mid or a right winger. Like he's just not – he's not a wing back. And Sometimes you just can't make it up. You yeah, like the stuff. Up. And Newcastle fans are like they are like someone was like I, I mentioned it on 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 Twitter and they're like, I mean Lazaro is a terrible wing back and I was like he literally has like he has more than double he, I think it's three times the amount of appearances at winger than he doesn't wing back, and they're like oh it's like yeah like stop stop listening to to the idiots on online and literally it takes. It takes 30 seconds to go on transfer mark. It, 30 seconds to, <laughs> to go and see his appearances and like, oh, yes, he is, he is not, he's not a winger. He's I mean, he's not a wingback. Not just, a wingback, yeah. <laughs> um, I'm sorry. I was just, it's just annoying. And, I mean, I think there's a bit of frustration for him as well because, I, I mean, I 100% rather him be, because, like, there's also the element of, like, when Newcastle run out of ideas, they don't have anyone they can turn to at all like our our guy we could turn to for ideas was Dwight Gale and I mean like I mean he I don't, he's he's a fine player but he's not he's not the the answer to Newcastle's creativity when you need another attacker it's not Dwight Gale yep and I mean it could be Lazaro and I mean like I get you want to make every player happy but I mean he's a loan signing and at the end of the day, like, if he outperforms some of your starters, and yes, sure, you know, put him in. But for now, like, he's he's got to earn his spot in the team, and you play him in the position that gives you the best chance to succeed. And I just don't think that's wingback. But Steve Bruce seems to think that's wingback and is wants to force this issue. And it's one thing if you play with high wingbacks like they do at Inter, where the wingbacks are essentially midfielders, but we, we play with our wingbacks essentially being – right backs and left backs that sit back and defend um so it's that's that's no really good point and there's a couple times I noticed too where we would like like Lazaro would be up in the box with the ball attacking and like I'm just thinking it's like well if if once this ball gets taken from him which is close to inevitable uh we're screwed on this counterattack here because we have no no wide players that are on that side of the field because uh, Almiron was so movie and every, everyone was all over the place. It's, it's becoming 
quite the joke, Elijah, to watch this team play football. Quite yeah, I mean, and and too, like, like to it, it. I mean, to Lazaro's credit, like some of his link-up play when he's in the attacking third is great, and some of his ball. It, but like, you, you run the risk of him when he loses. When he loses it, like you're just screwed. <laughs> you're yeah. just absolutely screwed. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, uh, I guess we'll talk about players and stuff after the break. I'm assuming we're gonna take a break soon. Uh, well, yeah, we're almost done. Well, yeah, that was pretty much the end of the game. So, yeah. uh, so it it was full time. It was an awful performance for Newcastle uh, again, and no threat. We're like we barely even threatened in the entire game. We ended it with ten men. The czar is now suspended. Uh, just awful. Do you do you have any like final words that you'd like to say about this game? I mean, uh, I think we saw the worst of Newcastle. Um, and I mean, I I don't know how it can get better without. Um, I don't know if it can get better because of anything Steve Bruce does. If that makes yeah. sense. Like, if it gets better, it's going to be because of the players, not because of Steve Bruce. Yeah. I I think you're right. It's the work. It's, it's going to, this is a team that hasn't won in a long time. They've barely scored goals. And now we've gone, how many Premier League games without a goal? A a ton. Yeah. I don't know. A good bit. Uh, So, yeah, pretty terrible. So, let's take a break now. And then we'll get into some other stuff. Sound good? Yeah. Okay, let's do it. Okay. Let's get into – well, first, we need to talk about the Premier League table because now that's something that we're really going to have to watch. Newcastle dropped to 14th with 31 points. And just for fun, uh, we have the fourth worst goal difference in the Premier League. Um. 14 point, points, we are seven points from relegation. So we're still – still have a good piece of separation from us. Uh, and, but now we are 10 points clear of Europa spot. So that – pretty much write that one off. Now, uh, below us, we have a three-point lead on 15th, which is Brighton. And then below that is Bournemouth, Aston Villa. And then the bottom three are West Ham, Watford, and Norwich City. So, Elijah – you want to hear some quotes? Uh, sure. Steve Bruce said, "The better team won. We oh. had possession, but we ha- gave the ball away too cheaply, especially when in good areas. We didn't ask questions. Maybe it is a time to change. We have to score to win a game. It was difficult with the conditions, but we have no complaints. Saying the better team won." I couldn't fault their effort or their attitude for it. We've had enough possession, but in the final third again, the final ball, we found it a big struggle again. That's the third game now where we haven't scored a goal. We have to be better in the final third. That's been our Achilles heel all season. We played Jolinton wide for a bit of the game today, and it's something we can look at. Whether it's a change in shape or personnel, I'll make the decision over the next few days. They are a big physical team. We struggle with that. Their main threat in the first half was from corners, and the goalkeepers made two great saves. Uh, what's your thoughts on those comments <laughs> from Mo Brucey? Oh, man. Um, 
Oh man. <laughs> there was one quote he had um that just like really stuck out to me. Um because like it's one of those where dude, this is literally your job. Um <laughs> there was a moment where he was like the what when you're talking about like, oh, maybe it's time to change and it's like Dude, yes, we are twenty-seven matches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In in and in, in into the season, your tactics haven't worked for the most part, and you've now decided maybe we should change. It's like <laughs> maybe obviously. now would be the good time. Yeah. So I mean, I don't know. Um, it's annoying hearing Steve Bruce talk about. Uh, I don't know. I've said this so many times, but. You have to, you got to show us that you're actually frustrated. And I think there's always a lot of blaming the players. And, and I don't, I don't hear Steve Bruce ever taking responsibility for Newcastle's um, lack of um, attacking prowess, which is what he promised. His, he just now admitted that, like, you know, maybe Jolinton wasn't, he shouldn't have signed off on that. He didn't admit that, but he mentioned that Jolinton is probably not a center forward. Like it just doesn't seem like he takes responsibility for anything that he has control over. Like it's one thing if like you had like players that were absolutely awful. And like, I mean, you know, I don't know. They're like, if, if ASM and Miguel Amaron broke their leg and Newcastle broke their legs and Newcastle started losing. Yes. That's one thing that's out of your realm of control. You can't control freak accidents, but you can control how the team goes forward. You can, you can change the mentality of the squad. You can change the tactics. You can change the formation. You can sit players. You can, you can switch things up. You cannot start the same midfield. That's been terrible. Like, yeah. There's things that he could do, but he doesn't do. And then after the, the press conference, he's like, well, I mean, what we did didn't work. And it's like, dude, that's your job. <laughs> You're li- you literally, it's, that is your job. Yeah, it's annoying. Uh, he, doesn't take, he doesn't take responsibility for any of this stuff. But I'm not surprised either. So from stat, some stats for you. Some fun stats. Uh, oh, wait, I have just, a quote. Oh, yeah, go ahead. Do, um, do it's not first. really a post-match quote, but it's making the rounds. Maybe we, we can talk about it on the Wednesday episode, but just yeah. leaving people with this. I don't know if you saw what Matt Ritchie said to the Chronicle um, about Joel Linton. No. Um, so you he says, um, it's, a, it's a few sentences, all players can score goals on the pitch. It's not down to just Joe. We can win to lo- We win and lose together as a team. We attack together and defend together. Only you boys, referring to the media, talk about individuals. It's not down to individuals at all. It's a collective thing. When when asked if criticism was justified given that Newcastle shelled out 40 million pounds, Richie responded, definitely not. No player goes out not to score goals or not to do something. Joey works his socks off for the team. Um, So I don't know if you want to talk about that now or if you want to leave the people with a little primer for for Wednesday's show. But that's what Matt Richie says. He yeah, actually we'll, sounds like more of a coach than Steve Bruce. Well, we'll definitely talk about that for Wednesday's show because we got to keep slotting in Jolinton talk because it's probably the biggest news on the club with the club right now. So, yeah. We know what that means, dude. What? You know what that means, though? No, I don't. Takeover's happening, bro. We haven't heard anything. So that means that <laughs> things are moving along. Oh, yeah. 
I, I can. Where's Luke Edwards? I haven't even seen him tweet. Like, oh yeah, because it's not going well for Bruce, and he doesn't. Yeah, have... he's like hasn't said a mumbling word. All right, so what's next? <laughs> Stats. Oh, um, we have gone 270 minutes without a goal. Uh, I, I just looked this up, and it's funny because the last goal was Florian Lejeune's two like absolute lucky. Just like what the heck happened goals against Everton. That's the last time we scored in the Premier League. Oh. Yeah. So Not good. the last time that Newcastle have gone three straight without a goal. Do you know? No. Old Steve McLaren during December twenty fifteen and January of twenty fifteen twenty sixteen, we lost three straight 1-0 defeats to Everton at home at West Brom and at Arsenal. Oh. Yeah. Yep. And then going to 538. Good old 538. They are still we're still in a good spot. No no need to fully panic yet. Uh they have us finishing in 14th, which is where we are now. We'd be tied on points with Brighton with 41 points. Uh, below us, they have Brighton, and then West Ham, Watford, and then getting relegated with 35 points is Burnmouth, 35 points is Aston Villa, and 28 points being Norwich. As far as our chances to get relegated, we have a 13% chance to get relegated. And then to finish in the top 10th, uh, it is a 2% chance. <laughs> so not, not good odds for us. And then some. X stats, and this is something we're also going to talk about a lot more on Wednesday. Oh, be careful because you know the the folks on Twitter don't believe in you know you uh, your fancy smancy analytics, Greg. Oh well, then I hope they're listening, and I and come I will come prepared with stats, X stats across the league to show you how you know accurate they are. Um. So for this match, for this miserable match, Newcastle – oh, there we go. Sorry, I just clicked out of it. Filibuster. Um, Graham Bell wrote an article today um, <laughs> about Mike Ashley. Speaking of uh, me I, – I, speaking of what I just said earlier about – this match being a kind of a reignition for the Ashley out movement, um, which is always interesting, but it's interesting because I don't know. Newcastle continue to sell out uh, matches and with free tickets though. Free Um, tickets or not. I mean, (laughs) 0.16 expected goals. Oh, that's good. Uh, Crystal palace had 1.75. So they're saying, you know, one to two to nothing is how we should have lost this game. And that's what happened. Uh, some other stats that I like to just bring up. Um, we had eight shots to their 18. They had nine shots on target to our two. Um, we had the PPDA is pretty interesting. So I told you that passes allowed per defensive action in the opposition half. Um, Crystal Palace allowed 
6.83 and we allowed 8.77. So pretty even there. Um, the expected points is an interesting one. We had 0.2 expected points. They had 2.65. So huh. all the all the stats said Crystal Palace easy win on this one. Uh, they didn't really have to struggle like at all. But on Wednesday's pod, we'll we'll go over some of the recent results and kind of break it down because it's been a while since Newcastle United has had over one expected goal in the Premier League. Hmm. A long time. Yep. Okay. Um, Let's take one more break, and then let's do best and worst player. Sound good? Okay. Okay. Let's do that right now. Hi, Elijah. Who is your best player for Newcastle United? It's pretty easy. Um, I mean, obviously, it's Martin Dubrovka. He's, uh, I mean, I don't know. He made a lot of saves, and they were all good. Really good picture stuff. Um, I don't know. Yeah, that, that's kind of it. I mean, I think it's much easier to talk about worse players. <laughs> Um, for me, it's not Martin Dubrovka. Oh. It's, it's Steve Bruce. I'm joking. <laughs> it's definitely oh. Martin Dubrovka. I don't know who else it could be. You can, I could say, like, as far as outfield players that I would give, it'd be probably one, and that's St. Maximin. He's just the only person that actually, like, is trying to do something on the ball. But I do feel we need to work on this chemistry a bit between St. Max and Almiron, too, because St. Max can – well, St. Max and pretty much everyone because it's very easy for him to drown out the rest of the attack. Which, again, if people listen to the podcast, we warn people about. Mm-hmm. That was one of our weaknesses was that, I mean, he often over dribbles and tries to do things on his own instead of playing the pass. And, I mean, even the commentators mentioned it multiple times was that, like, he has these moments of brilliance, but, like, I mean, it's it happens because he – like he has moments of brilliance and has these wonder goals, but it's like for every wonder goal, there's like five just like face and hands moments that you get from him. Yeah. Uh, yeah so yeah. I don't know. Um, who is your worst player for Newcastle? I think the tandem of Sean Longstaff and a Bill Bentelet playing together is, is the worst players. Um, they just don't work well as a midfield pairing and, both of their best games have been when they haven't played with each other, if that makes sense. You know, uh, yeah, I, that's – I'm I'm completely fine with that point. Um, I also – let. can we just – can I – I'll just do mine and then we can talk about all of it together. Mine is literally Valentino Lazaro, Danny Rose, and Nabil Bentaleb. <laughs> oh. I was like, going to say Danny Rose as well. Danny Rose looked bad. Lazaro was awful and got a red and Bentaleb was getting just dispossessed. Like he just, and like he was essentially playing for crystal palace. Just how many times he gave the ball away. Yeah. It was, and, I mean, like, what, they, what's unfortunate is any of the issues. Yeah. I, what I think what is unfortunate though, is that you can sort of, you can definitely put the blame for Nabil Bentaleb and Lazaro. You can shift some of the blame towards Steve Bruce because for the midfield, for example, they were completely overrun, and Sean Longstaff wasn't coming back to help at all, like yeah, at multiple yeah, yeah. points. Which, like, I mean, when it's Nabil Bentaleb versus 
three guys who are actually attacking and trying to control the midfield. And Sean Longstaff's over there, you know, lollygagging. It's like, yes, he's going to get dispossessed a lot. And then, I mean, outside of the one good ball he played over to ASM in the first, like, 10 minutes, which was which led to Newcastle's first corner, like, wasn't that impressive passing. Um, but I do think a lot of the dispossession just came because Newcastle were overrunning the midfield yet again, which is something that we've seen a ton of. And, I mean, people wonder why, like, our attackers have to defend so much. It's now, like, when they've been given this free role of ha- getting – to attack more often, like there's just no one to help out defensively in the midfield or help cycle things in the midfield because all of your forwards are playing at the pitch. That's a tactical issue. But, I mean, I don't know. Valentino Lazaro was awful in defense. I think there were moments of, of, good, of good things in attack. But if you judge him as an attacker, he wasn't that much worse than Miguel Amaron or ASM. And I would judge him as an attacker because he is an attacker and Steve Bruce seems to play him as a defender. So I don't know. It's like I would I don't fault DeAndre Edlin for having a terrible game when he's playing right mid because he's not a right mid. Like he's yeah. he's a right back. He's supposed to track back and defend. He's not gonna be the best at crossing. Like it it's annoying and I, I agree. I think they were easily the standouts and the easiest to call out, but I mean yeah, you could I don't think particularly any of the outfield players from Newcastle looked well. Um there I guess the back line at times was no, I can't even say that because, like, they're like, I mean, they're Crystal Palace should have had three or four goals, and not yeah. not even because of Dubrovka's saves, like, they beat themselves up a lot. Um, Finteke, especially, like, he missed a lot of easy chances. Um, Zaha was really quiet, but Ayu was just a beast throughout the first half, as you mentioned. And, like, I mean, they created a lot of chances, and they they should have scored a lot of them, and a lot of them they just missed easy chances and um I mean that's on the back line I think set pieces the past three matches set pieces have been an area of of issue for Newcastle particularly with the center backs um so I don't know there's just a lot of free headers up for grabs and I mean I'm I I wouldn't be surprised if Joel Linton leads the team in like uh like defensive clearances from set pieces because it doesn't (laughs) seem like it's our defenders yeah yeah, no, I'm with you. There's a not there's not a lot working for Newcastle, and we're we're going to talk about this on Wednesday's show, our new show. So get ready for some good discussions there. Elijah, is there anything else that you want to say to close out this recap podcast? Uh, no. Um, you know, I guess Ashley out. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely for me. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, that concludes our Crystal Palace recap, CHN Radio. I'm your host, Greg Troxel. This is the best damn coast in the land, Elijah Newsom, and the best song you ever hear coming home to Newcastle. We'll talk to you on Wednesday, and away the last. I made as well have been in jail. I'd walk the streets all day. I'll meet for a bottle of on Brown Hill. I'm coming home, Newcastle. If you never win the club again, I'll brave the dark at St. James's Park. If the Gallagher's end in the rain, I'm coming home. And I'm proud to be a Jody and to live in Jody land. Some people think we're 40 and we're hard to understand. 
to say it's just a pity and we're not so very tough Cause the people in the big fat city haven't had it tough as rough I'm coming home, Newcastle, you can keep your London wine I'd walk the streets all day, I'll meet for a bottle of the River Tyne I'm coming home, Newcastle, I wish I'd never been away Kiss the ground for the welcome sound in me mother saying, Hey, how we I'm coming home. Then I miss the old blind busker who stands at Fenwick's door. He plays a mean accordion, you've all seen him there before. And I love the Geordie heroes, there's so many famous names. Like Linda Swan in Gaza, Brendan Foster in the Gates at Games. I'm coming home, Newcastle. I might as well have been in jail. I'd walk the streets all day. I'll need for a bottle of your own brown nail. I'm coming home, Newcastle. If you never win the cup again, I'll brave the darkness in James's Park in the Gallagher's end in the rain. I'm coming home, Newcastle. You can keep your London wine. Walk the streets all day, I'll meet for a bottle of the river tonight I'm coming home, Newcastle, I wish I'd never been away I'd kiss the ground for the welcome sound in me mother saying, hey, how we I'm coming home, Newcastle, I might as well have been in jail I'd walk the streets all day, I'll meet for a bottle of your own brown nail I'm coming home, Newcastle, if you never win the cup again I'll brave the dog, it's in James's pocket, the Gallagher's